Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. How you doing, Freedom Church? It is so awesome to see your beautiful faces. I missed you guys so much. I went away for a couple of weeks, got a breath of fresh air, went to a church in South Florida that I went, that we helped coach and start uh, some years ago, went down there and was able to share the gospel there and, uh, and prepared down there to come back for this weekend. So I miss you and I'm so glad to be back today. Y'all get some love for those that may not be able to be here that watches online or from somewhere across the world. So uh, I want to say thanks to Pastor Wes and Pastor Adam and our staff holding down the fort while I'm gone. We have an amazing staff at Freedom Church. I just want you to know that. They're awesome. They're awesome. I love them. But there's a special group of people that we as the staffers and the people here that we love, and that's you guys, our church family. Uh, But most of all, those of you that want to use your gifts for the kingdom of God, I want to thank you. So let's give some love for all of you that volunteer and make this ministry happen. Yes. So we've been in the Ten Commandments, and there's a lot of great stuff coming up this fall. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag what we're going to be doing, but I am so excited. I'm like a little kid. But anyway, um, we have been in the Ten Commandments, and today we are going to jump into the Ninth Commandment. So I'm going to get you to do me a favor. In honor of God's Word, if you, if you physically can, stand to your feet, and let's recite this verse together. Here we go. I want you to do it audibly if you can, all right? Here we go. Exodus 20 and 16 says, you must not testify falsely against your neighbor. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We know it never returns void, so may it speak to our hearts, God, and God convict us where needed, and we pray, God, for every heart here that no one will leave here without their heart connected to yours. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So when you read this command, you may not know, but this commandment originally focused against perjuring oneself in a judicial trial. But we all know it certainly applies to lying. When I say lying, what I'm saying is, is that when you're telling a falsehood or you're telling something that's untrue. Now it seems that to me, after I was spending time in this and thinking about raising children, a lot of you have raised kids that it seems that lying starts way too early with little ones. Check this out. Hey, Jack, did, did you eat a cupcake? No. You didn't eat a cupcake? No, I wasn't at home. You sure you didn't eat a cupcake? No. Hmm, I thought you maybe had a cupcake. No. No? no. Definitely not? No. Not like in the last couple minutes? No. No cupcake for Jack? No. Oh, okay. And did you go in the room with it or he just ate it right there? He just ate it right there. But you didn't eat one? No. You sure? No. Okay. Makeup. What happened when I makeup? What do you have all over your face? Oh, that's not chopstick. Can I chopstick? Mm-mm. 
That's mommy's lipstick. A lipstick? I like lipstick. Where did you get it? From mommy's makeup. And did mommy tell you not to play in the makeup? So why did you go play in the makeup again? I want to go again. I don't touch your mommy's makeup. Oh, but I think you did touch my makeup because it's all over your mouth. What'd you eat? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all? No. Are you sure? No. Nothing at all. Oh, okay. It looks like you had a donut to me. I did. I think so. No, I don't want it in my tummy party. Who was eating chocolate for breakfast? You or Noah? Um, Noah. Noah was? Yeah. You You weren't eating any chocolate? No. You didn't eat chocolate? No. Noah. Oh, just Noah? Oh. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't have any chocolate? No, you didn't? No. What'd you eat? Nothing? Nothing. Nothing? Oh. Oh, okay. When's the last time you had chocolate? Um. Long time ago? Yeah. Oh. So that brings a question to mind. How many of you here, remember you're in God's house, how many of you here have never lied? You raise your hand, then you just lied. You know, and a lot of people, I mean, you think about this, there's a lot of justification, people live in justification about things, but a lot of, and maybe you're thinking, well, Pastor, I, I don't lie, and I hope you don't, but they say it was just a little white lie. It wasn't a big lie. <laughs> and it makes me think, I think, a little white lie. Since when do we give lies colors? It was just a little blue affair. You tell a lie once, then all your truths become questionable. I'm going to say it one more time. Basically, when you tell a lie once, all your truths become questionable. See, we lie to others to get ahead. That's kind of the American way, right? That's, that's what happens. And according to the book, The Day America Told the Truth, listen to this. This is interesting. 91% of us lie regularly. The majority of us find it hard to get through a week, one week without lying. It also found that one in five can't make it through a single day without lying. You see, when it comes to lies and telling untruths and, and falsifying things, you're not just hurting the other person. You're not just hurting yourself. You're hurting the heart of God. Basically, lying is a smack in the face to God, our Creator. Hebrews 6 and 18 tells us that it's impossible for God to lie. So here's what I know and you should know today. God hates lying. I'm going to say it again. God hates lying. 
As a matter of fact, when you look in the Old Testament, in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19, I want to to read this, and I want you to find some interesting things in this. It says, there are six things that the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. See, three of the seven things here God hates revolve around the ninth commandment. So this is explicit that God hates lying in any form whatsoever. Reminds me of a store manager, and he overheard his clerk talking to a customer, and the customer's having a conversation, and the customer and the clerk says to the customer, says, no, says, we don't have any, and it don't look like we're going to get any, any anytime soon. He freaked out. The manager did. He slipped over there. He pulls the clerk, he pulls the little clerk off the side and says, never, never, never tell a customer that we don't have something. You tell them that we've got it on order, and we'll have it next week. He said, by the way, what was she wanting? He said, rain. Wow. Our predicament, listen to me closely. Our predicament on this planet is due to lies. See, when you look at Satan's resume, Satan's resume began in the very beginning And you think about what happened in the beginning, his experience and his skills where pride got him kicked out of heaven and then his lies began here on earth. We look in the Bible and we find out very explicitly in Genesis, and I want to read something to you, world was great in the first two chapters for Adam and Eve, but the third chapter of things get a little iry. It says here, In chapter 3, it says, A serpent was the shrewdest of all wild animals the Lord God had made. One day, he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. She's already telling an untruth there. He never said not to touch it. He only said not to eat it. Well, then what happens then? The serpent, the enemy, Satan comes back at her and says, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that 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 your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Now listen to the first four words of verse 6. The woman was convinced. Now, ladies, y'all can check your Instagram posts to see if you got any likes or hearts or your FaceTime or your emails on your phone real quick. Guys, you lean in for a second, especially if you're married. Listen to me, gentlemen. If a woman, what can you do with a woman that's convinced, gentlemen? I got one word for you. Nothing. Nothing. 
ain't going to happen. So here, think about this. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her. Let me tell you something, gentlemen. You, you guard your wife. You protect your wife. You provide for your wife. That's your threefold responsibility. You don't let the enemy come against your wife. And at that moment, their eyes were opened. They felt shame. So what happened there? In Genesis 3, we see that there's a recipe, a little bit of truth from the enemy, a little bit of lie from the enemy, which spelled disaster. So now we get to the written resume of Satan. It says, for you are, in, in John 8 and 44, Jesus speaking, for you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do evil things. The evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus is having a conversation and was speaking to the religious leaders here. And they refused to listen. Why did they refuse to listen? Because their attitudes and their actions clearly identified them as followers of Satan. They were being controlled by Satan as tools to carry out Satan's plans. So when you and I lie, we're behaving more like children of the devil than we are children of Almighty God. God says this about liars in Psalm 101. In verse 7, he says, I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house. And liars will not stay in my presence. It makes me wonder if you are following the Lord or you're following Satan. I notice people come and go in the church. My pastor friends notice people that go, come and go in the church. You understand what I'm saying? Say yes. They come for a little while. But if you're a follower of the devil and you're caught up in lies, God doesn't want you in his presence. He don't even want you in his house because you're not allowing conviction to get your soul to make you right as a truth teller with God to be right in relationship with Jesus. Therefore, you can't stand the heat so you get out of the kitchen. Can I get a witness? That's what happens. People can't stand being in the presence of God, so God doesn't want him in his presence. So most of the time I think he would love to have you get right with him, but he don't even want you in his presence if you're not willing to do that. Proverbs 12 and 22 says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. He will delight in us. See, when words can't be trusted, that's when society's falling apart. Have you noticed? Have you noticed, church? How society's falling apart. Contracts are useless. Promises are in vain. All relationships become suspect. Covenants made it to altar become null and void. Lying associates you with Satan. Basically, lying will always trap you. Lying will always captivate you. So why do we lie? That's the question. Why do we lie? First thing is, is that look at me lying. You say, what do you mean? Well, basically you're wanting attention. You're wanting others to like you. So what do we do? We make up these huge, bodacious accomplishments so people will think highly of us. I had two friends that I worked with prior to us starting Freedom Church over 20 years ago. I worked with these guys probably as much as 10 years plus. These two guys I'm talking about, you know how I knew when they were lying? When their lips was moving. 
That's how I knew it. So is that look at me lying? But what about make you pay lying? See, this is when you are hurt by someone else or you're hurt by something and something does not go your way. So we fabricate a scenario to destroy in that moment. Reminds me of a great story in the scripture. Reminds me of Genesis 39. Those of you may know the story. Joseph with a coat of many colors. His father, he had many, many brothers. And his father had him when he was old of age. He's more or less like a grandfather. And his father favored him over the others. And so he takes him to Saks Fifth Avenue, buys him this beautiful coat of many colors. And his brothers were jelly because of it. They didn't like him because he told them about the dreams that they would bow down to him. So what did his brothers want to do? They wanted to kill him. Ended up, one of the brothers, I believe, got under conviction. They ended up not killing him, but they sold him into slavery, sold him to a man, these travelers did, sold him in slavery to Potiphar, a rich guy in there in Egypt. Well, next thing you know, he becomes over everything in Potiphar's house. Potiphar took care of nothing. He took care of all less his wife. But his wife began to look with those eyes. At Joseph, because if when you read the scripture, if you read it from layman's terms, basically, gals, let me tell you something. Joseph was hot. He was a buff dude, okay? And she began to look at him. And you know what? When she began to look at him, he didn't want anything to do with her. He didn't say, when he pulled away from her and said, I'm not going to do this. He didn't say, I'm going to be hurting you. He said, he didn't say, I'm going to be sinning against Potiphar. I'm going to be sinning against myself. He said, this would be a great sin against God. So next thing you know, he's in the house, and it just so happens he's there, and she's the only one in the house, and I'm sure he's trying to sweep and stay away from her and best he can. Next thing you know, she grabs him and says, sleep with me. He tore away from her, leaving his coat behind. So instead of Joseph doing it her way, she was going to do the make-you-pay lying. And that's when she accused the Hebrew slave of raping her. How many times have you developed this kind of an attitude? You didn't get the promotion. Or maybe you didn't get the start position you, you wanted and you ended up on second string. Or maybe you went to read the board after trying out and you didn't even make the squad. Maybe it's a situation of where that you didn't get the boyfriend or you didn't get the girlfriend. You become vicious. They didn't grant you with being able to lead the project. It was somebody else. See, some sins are worse than others in the terms, listen closely, of the damage that's done. If I steal something from you, I can return that and tell you that I am sorry for doing that. However, if I spread lies and I spread slander about you, I may not ever be able to undo the far-reaching effects Another way that we lie is convenience lying. In other words is, I'll help you. You need to come on. Yeah, I'll be glad to help you. I'll be there. Yeah, don't worry about that. Oh, man, you want me to pray for you? Yeah, I'm going to be praying for you, and, and, and I'll be lifting you up to the Lord. Or, you know, oh, you're going to move? Yeah, hey, we'll be over at 7 o'clock Saturday morning. We'll help you move. And next thing you know, you never do. Beneath your words is lies of no intention. When you say those things, of following through, or I, I might ho I'll host a connection group, pastor, or I'll help serve. I know we need help in the kids' ministry or students or need help there. I'll be glad to serve, but we just have no intention 
which makes us into liars when we say those words. Another way is that heat of the moment line. Now, this is where it gets really tough. It's the heat is on in the moment. The fire is hot and you're busted and you're beginning to do lies. You came home late. You lied about why you were late. Or maybe you missed your curfew. You lied about that. Or maybe you were late to work and you had to come up with another lie because changing the flat tire you'd used too many times. Or maybe you missed a deadline at work on the project. You get caught and you lie Ooh, and it gets a little hot in there, don't it? What you do? You look in the Gospels, in Mark's Gospel in particular, in the New Testament, you look at chapter 14, you see how Peter, basically the leader of the pack of the disciples that Jesus is leading through his three years of ministry, leading those guys, and, and man, Peter is all over it. I'm going to go with you all the way. I'll even die for you. And Jesus says, no, you won't. You'll deny me three times, is it? So when they come and get Jesus, next thing you know, where Peter had followed Jesus really close for three years, and then began to follow Jesus at a distance, he finds himself in the courtyard and those saying, you're one of them, and he denies him three times to the point that the rooster crowed as Jesus told him it would, and he goes to the cross. See, let me tell you something. You want to be a truth teller? The only way you're going to make it in this world is you stay close to Jesus. You stay really close to Jesus. Because whenever you do like Peter did and you begin to follow Jesus at a distance, that's when problems come up really close that you don't know how to handle. Because you don't have, listen, there's a big difference between we're all going to have problems. You're either coming out of a problem, you're in a problem, or one's coming at you. But boy, it helps a whole lot when you're close to Jesus. And he helps you in those times when you need him the most. Another way is twist the truth line. Telling a story. I know sometimes you get to tell a story and you're around friends or you're at this place or you're at work or you're at the water fountain or wherever you're at. And you want to add just a little bit of juice to it. You just twist it a little bit. You stretch it a little bit. You make it work to be able to have your advantage in that conversation. And that personal gain seems to get into your bloodstream. That's what happens when you twist the truth. See, twisted truth lying is kind of why we have so many denominations of churches in the world. Denominations is not of the Word of God. It's of men's doings. Now, there's a lot of good ones, don't get me wrong. Different strokes for different folks. However, listen to what Paul said in Galatians chapter 1 in the last part of verse 7. He says, you are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. What he's talking about here is distorting the gospel. Twisting of the truth can be more difficult to spot than an outright lie. Understand that many cults today are twisting the truth. Christians today, they twist the word of God to be able to fit their lifestyle. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Oh, you know, we, yeah, we're engaged. There's nothing wrong with sexual intercourse. We're engaged. We're going to get married anyway. It's okay. God understands. Maybe the business is not going so good and the books doesn't look so good. So you think, let's just twist the numbers just a little bit right now. And we'll get back on course later because things just don't look good right now. Business isn't going so well. Maybe it's about church involvement. Maybe when it comes to church involvement, maybe you, you're deciding, you know, I, I really just don't have time to serve God's church. 
But you make your calendar, and I do too, and we all get 168 hours a week, right? And God gives us all gifts that we need to use, not on ourselves, but others. All right, you know, God understands. I'm not going to give to the church, but just, I just can't afford to do that. Things are tough right now. Gas is still almost $5 a gallon. <laughs> For me and my household, I, I can't afford not to. But God gives me my heartbeat. God gives me my breath. If I can at least give him back something, how could I ever expect him to bless me with more? So we kind of just twist the truth just a little bit. Do you have any twisted truth lying going on? In your life how about this last example of extreme lying that's when you paint the picture of something that's going on that is the best thing ever since sliced bread or it's the worst thing ever scum of the earth bottom of the shoe bubblegum junk you're thinking pastor i've got it i've been listening to you here for a little bit i've got it pastor we need to always communicate the truth I'm going to put a however in there on that. You should always communicate the truth, but all truth shouldn't always be communicated. And you're saying, what do you mean? If I come up and saw you and your clothes were hideous, I don't go up and say, hi, sister or brother, how did you dress today? Your clothes are hideous. It may be true but it doesn't mean that you communicate it. You know what I'm saying? Now, we looked at the children earlier how that they were quick when the heat got going to lie, right? But I will tell you, little ones, they might lie, but little ones will also tell you the truth. And if a little one looks at you and says you're ugly, there's a really good chance that you're butt ugly. Okay? Just being honest. Okay? You know, if, if, my, if someone's breath is so bad at a gag of maggot, you don't have to tell them that. Don't. Just hand them a mint. Say, ah, here you go. And if mine's like that, please hand me a mint. Please. I don't want to, to do that, but that's what a lot of people, they, they think, that, well, you should always tell the truth. All truth doesn't need to be communicated, especially if you're going to hurt someone. All of us have said stuff that we shouldn't say. Everybody has. But on the other spectrum, other times, we should have spoken up the truth. And we kept silent. We kept silent. So, the truth about lies is that a lie has no legs. It will always require other lies to support it. You tell one lie, then you end up being forced to tell another lie to try to back it up as best you can. Listen to me closely. Stretching the truth won't make it any longer. It won't. Those that think it's Permissible to tell white lies, you know what you'll end up doing? You'll end up becoming colorblind. So when we think about the truth, you only have to tell the truth once, and it supports itself because it's the truth. There will never be any bright 
future in telling You know, a lot of times in society, we think of some sins that are bigger than others, and there is with ramifications. We know that. We know that if you murder someone, you're subject to the laws of the land as well as God. But it's amazing to me that when John the Revelator in Revelation 21, how bad God detests lying, how he grouped him with other detestable sins. Matter of fact, in verse 8 it says, but cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, which we know today is wicked, those of idol worshippers. We're living with a lot of American idols, right? But it says, and all liars. All liars. Their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sun. This is the second death. Wow. God detests lying. He hates it. Now, I've been asked before, Pastor, is it ever okay to lie? Well, you see examples of that in war, even in the scriptures. As a matter of fact, if you want to do your homework, you can read in the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles chapter 18. So let's just talk about lying liberation, how you can be liberated from it. You've got to review all your conversations. Did I lie today, God, about anything? And did I embellish the truth? Did I stretch it in any form or fashion? Did I lie to anyone? And if you did, be the man of God or the woman of God to go to him and say, I'm sorry, I did not tell you the truth. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Another way you can be liberated is install lie detectors in your life. I'm talking, you say, what do you mean, Pastor? What I'm saying is, if you catch yourself embellishing the truth and stretching it or in the heat of the moment or you're scared you're going to lose your job and you say something else or whatever, honesty will always be the best policy. Get somebody, a spouse, a friend, a co-worker to say, hold me accountable because I I see myself sliding this way, and you're pulling yourself away, a stretch away from Jesus. You want to be close to him to have his blessing. Very important. But most of all, you got to follow God's guide. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Let's check out what the, the truth here is. It says in John 16 and verse 13, it says, When the spirit of truth comes, Jesus is forecasting the Holy Spirit's presence, which is here. He says, he will guide you into all truth. Say all truth. All truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. See, our future, very clear, is with the Spirit of God for the truth. See, the Spirit turns you and I into truth tellers when we allow it to do it. You begin to lie and then... The Holy Spirit, when you have a relationship with God, will sock you in your heart and convict you. See, when you know Jesus Christ, you know the truth. And you embrace that relationship that he's with you. He will be with you. He will go with you always. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. So listen to me. If Jesus, the 
truth of the Spirit is in you, then the truth will come out of you. However, if Satan, the lying spirit, is in you, lying is going to come out of you. So the question is that you asked yourself today, do I have the lying spirit? Or do I have the true spirit? Because here's what can happen if you have the lying spirit. Jesus said of himself, very notable word in John 8 and 32, he says, and you will know the truth when you make that effort to Jesus and the truth, talking about Jesus, will set you free. See, Christ sets us free not to do what we want to do, but to be able to follow the eternal path of the course that God has set before us for our lives to run after. That's what I want for you, but most of all, that's what God wants for you. This is the truth about life. You stand with me. Heavenly Father, we approach your throne of grace, God, today. And we thank you so much for the opportunity, God, to be able to be in your house, to be able to to be able to pursue the truth, which is you, Lord Jesus. When we become Christians, we are set free. However, the enemy doesn't stop. Matter of fact, he comes full force on those that are following you. So I want to pray, God, for those here that might have fell victim to Satan's wiles and ways. They may have been telling lies and didn't mean to, but they've realized and the convicting power of the Holy Spirit has socked them in their heart. I pray, God, right now that they will be truthful to you and truthful in this moment for freedom to be able to come into their hearts and their souls. As their heads bow and their eyes are closed, this is an important moment, I believe, for some people in this house today. So as you're looking into your soul right now, if the Holy Spirit has convicted you about any area I've talked about today, I want to pray with you and for you but would you give God your honest, honest, most truthful moment and lift your hand high and say, God has convicted me today about this. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going up everywhere. Thank you. You're in the house of the Lord. No one's here to condemn. We're only here to lift you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyone else, just lift your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless every one of you. We've all fell victim to this. Every one of us have sinned and fallen short of God. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. Anyone else? I want to pray with you and pray for you right now. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for the honesty because it is the best policy. I'm all of you. I want to pray for and just say thank you, Lord, for those here, God, that lifted their hands. And maybe there's someone that's just hurting so bad and whatever that situation may be. You know it, they know it. I pray, God, Lord, if they have been convicted of that, God, that you would give them strength to say, God, I am so sorry. I pray, God, as these are asking for forgiveness, that you forgive them, God, from a truthful heart. And I pray, precious Father, that you're going to give them strength, God, no matter what the situation is, God, that they become truth tellers because you are the truth and you have set them free. No matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstances is, all 
followers of you, God. Not following the trap or getting captivated by the enemy and wanting us to tell lies. And in retrospect, we end up following his way and not yours. So I pray, God, for strength the days ahead, the weeks ahead, years to come, that we all become supreme truth-tellers because of your strength you give us through the power of the Holy Ghost. up here, I, I want to share something with you. It's very important. Um, Pastor Adam talked about us losing our community, lost a great man of God, Richard Suter, and he's a friend to me, and he's done work here for us as a church, and photographing a lot of different things, and he graduated. I mean, he's much better than we are. We're still here fighting the battle. He won his battle. But another situation that took place this week while I was gone Last Sunday, I got a call from a friend. This friend that I have, Kevin, I worked with him for 13 years prior to God calling us to start Freedom Church. And uh, what had happened, he and his wife and their son and their daughter, they attended church here, and then Kevin and his wife and their son moved, you know, down to another state. And uh, but what had happened a couple of years ago, Brandon had been in a great job and the job was so stressful and he began an alcohol addiction and and it messed his liver up and um, he got right with God and tried to go through the processes of things to do and all that but unbeknown he did not wasn't able to get a liver transplant and you'll know where I'm going whenever I get to telling you this but Kevin called me last week on Sunday evening and said, Brandon wants to talk to you, Pastor Keith. When I talked to Brandon, we talked about life and what it was, and basically it had shut down, it had failed, he had just a couple days. We talked for almost an hour, and his he was good with where he was going, and there was nothing that he could change by that unless a miracle came from God from heaven, which he could have done had God chose to. But at 41 years old, he was facing an attorney. He was more worried about his mom and his dad and his family than anything else. He was good to go. But then that was Sunday night, Tuesday night, he graduated. He went to glory. So here's the lie that Satan will tell you. your heart and you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life his number one lies he's going to tell you that you have plenty of time oh don't worry about that don't listen to the pastor you got plenty of time you're young or you're this or you're in a season of life or you're in the middle of this sin and you don't need to whatever blah, blah. he's just going to lie to you that's his number one way he wants to lie to you because he wants to thwart your eternity which he can't change his he hates you hates me he hates God so if you know in your heart and you feel him knocking right now that's the Holy Spirit saying of God Jesus Christ that died for you wants to save your soul he wants to do life with you he wants to be your best friend he wants a relationship with you he wants to give you an eternal home he wants to give you joy peace love and purpose that may very well be 
why you're here today. You bow your heads with me. If you know within the next five minutes, and I'm not trying to scare you, but I'd like to scare the hell out of you so that hell will not be in your eternity, only heaven. But if you knew you left this world in the next five minutes with your head bowed, looking in your heart, and you don't think you would make it, heaven is your home. Just lift your hand real high. Don't worry about who's around you. Just lift your hand. God bless you. Thank you for your hands going up. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going up everywhere. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. God bless every one of you. Well, here's where I want you to sock the devil back. I want you to give him what he's been trying to give you to lie and cheat and steal. John 10 and 10 says that he, the thief, comes to be able to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. So would you pray right where you're at and make Jesus the Lord of your life? I'll help you pray, but it's your prayer to seal the deal today. Just tell him, say, Lord, I want to invite you into my life. I'm not going to buy the lies of the enemy any longer. I want to know you, God. I'm not going to listen to any excuse the devil's going to give me any longer. I want to know you in my heart and soul. I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins and my wrongdoings. I want to secure my place in heaven. I ask you to save my soul. My life is closely if you prayed that and you meant that thank the Lord Jesus Christ for what he has done in your heart for the peace he just poured into your soul and you thank him for that he's going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit of God the truth of God to lead you every step of the way and what I want you to do is to let me know that you say how do I let you know that pastor there's a couple of different ways I'll get you to let me know that right now just as we're continue praying lift your hand real high and say I know I'm going to make it to heaven now lift your hand real high I know it I know it God bless you God bless you God bless you anyone else God bless you God bless you anyone else God bless you Father in heaven Lord we praise your name today to thank you for being the supreme master and Lord and lover of our souls may we be found faithful following you know when we mess up we have an advocate with our father through Jesus Christ that we can go we know that we can go to you in a help in a time of need as it says in Hebrews 4 we know the truth about lies today may we live for the truth because we know the truth and it is Jesus in his name we lift up and praise you and all of God's people say amen I think the Lord Jesus Christ deserves the praise in the house today Praise God, praise God, praise God. Listen, do not take off unless you're, unless you've got an emergency. Some couple things very important to tell you. But right now, we're going to go into a time of giving back to God. And I, I get excited about this time because I'm a cheerful giver. I hope you are too. Uh, but as we're going to give back to God, there's multiple ways you can do that. You can do that on the app. And uh, you can do that on the kiosks out there in the foyer website. And you can do it tangibly as the buckets as you leave. You can drop it all off office, whatever that is. But thank you for your faithful giving. 
Freedom Church. We exist to reach people to know God, and we collectively bring that together to be able to do that. So thank you for being a part of being world changers for Jesus Christ. Now, if you gave your life to Christ, here's something very important, and you lifted your hand. Here's what I want you to do. I want you, in just a moment, you take a card out of the seat, and you can do one of two things. You can take and just put that on her. I gave my life to Christ, and just drop it in the offering, and you give me your number. I'm going to personally call you myself. Me and you will have a conversation this week, okay? I'm going to do that. I want to talk to you myself. Now, what I'd like for you to do, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to be at Next Steps right over here. You see it right over here beside Freedom Coffee House. Just come over to me and to me personally and just tell me, hey, Pastor, I prayed that prayer. I have a gift for you. Commemorate this day. And it would be amazing for you to do that. So we'd love for you to do that. Also, if you are brand new at Freedom Church today, thank you for coming. We call you VIPs because you're very important to us. Most of all, you're very important to God. He loves you and his son gave his life for you. So I want to ask you to do me a favor. Take a card out of the seat. Put as much information on it as you feel comfortable. Take it out to the info desk and they're going to give you a gift when you give them that card just to commemorate your time being here today. And I ask you to do me a favor. Give us a 3 P. Give us at least three Sundays to see if this is a church for you. And if it's not, that's fine. We'll help you find the church of your liking because there's a lot of great ones in our area. So right now, we're going to be able to, to, to go into time, and I'm going to pray over this, and then I have something very important to be able to tell you. Would you pray with me today? Father, we love you. We thank you, God, that when it comes to times of giving, God, I just my heart breaks for people that feel like that they can't give, God, and, and we can because what we have is already yours. And the enemy comes in and lies to us again, and we don't want to listen to him because when you bless us with what we have, and so when we give tithes and offerings to you and bless you back, God, you want us to be blessed, and we're going to be a blessing, God. That way we open up the avenue for you to continue blessing us. We get to be a part of being kingdom builders here through Freedom Church and touch lives from here all the way across the world and in between. Thank you for that. Bless each one that does, and we thank you for it. Use it in a great way, God, as we be good stewards over here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, two weeks, look at the person next to you and say, two weeks from today. Two weeks from today is a day that you do not want to miss this church. Here's why. How many of you have ever heard of a man named R.T. Kendall? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. R.T. Kendall is going to be here on this stage sharing the gospel two weeks from today. And I am humbled and I'm honored to be able to introduce him to you. He's 86 years young. He passed, he's, he's, he has authored more than 50 books. He pastored Westminster uh, Cathedral in England for 25 years. He's spoken at some of the largest venues in the world and churches in the world. And we are humbled that RT, Pastor RT and Dr. RT, he's going to be right here sharing the gospel with us too. Now, here's what I want to tell you. If you know anybody that's broken, they're hurting. Life's been unfair to them, and it is a lot of times. They're dealing with unforgiveness especially. I want you to do whatever you can do to bring those people with you. Because I promise you, God will use this man to show up and show out and through that bring healing to your friends and family. So I cannot implore you enough to bring them two weeks from today. I'm telling you in advance, I know a lot of times something happens and you miss, you can't be here, but he is a man of God that's anointed. He's going to stir our hearts. So, next thing, real quick, men's retreat, August 18th through the 20th. You don't want to miss it. We're almost full, guys. 
and I want you to come and be a part with us in that at Gatlinburg. Please go see Pastor Wes over at Next Steps. If you've got questions, go see. Sign up today and get it done. Because we don't have, I'm not telling you this to get, create urgency. We only have a few slots left. I'd love to spend that time with you. Last but not least, thank you, Kirsten. Today is National Ice Cream Sunday. I think God gave the recipe when this come about. I believe that. So here's what I want you to do. Spend a little time. Go around. Those of you that gave your life to Christ, I'll be at Next Steps. I want to see you over there. But go over here, right outside the doors, Crossman Coffee House, and get some ice cream. And you know what? Because it's National Ice Cream Sunday, I think God is going to anoint this. You ain't got to worry about the calories or the fat grams. Just eat it. Just eat it, folks. That's all I'm telling you. All right? Well, I love every one of you. Hey, next week, I know all of you know somebody doesn't have a church family. We're going to wrap up the Ten Commandments next week. I want to do that. Don't come alone. Bring somebody with you. And I love every one of you. God bless you.